When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNVR to take advantage of all of their deals. Y'all, hope everybody is recovering well from the holiday weekend. I always feel like it's kind of a grind when you're off for more days than you are used to, and then you got to go back to the work schedule. I don't know. I mean, I had to work all on Thanksgiving weekend anyways, but I understand the the struggle is real out there. So hope everybody is handling it well. Really big game coming up. Really big week coming up for CSU men's basketball. Hosting a CU Wednesday night. Sold out. I'll be there. RG's going to be there. I cannot wait. Then we got another big showdown this weekend against Washington. So really just a, another opportunity here for the Rams to cement their case as a top 20 program. I mean, you pick up a pair of wins this week and you're probably inside the top 15 or at least flirting with it. I believe 18 is the highest the program has ever been ranked back in the 50s. So it would be cool to see them make history. Would also be huge for their NCAA tournament resume. They already have a a pretty strong at-large resume going. You get a top 10 win, not decisively at a neutral court. It's definitely going to be a nice little feather in your cap, but obviously they've got to be able to perform here in these big games against the Pac-12 schools. You can't have any slip-ups in the local matchups. CSU still plays DU and a couple other smaller local schools this year, CSU Pueblo and Adams State, I believe, off the top of my head. I have to double-check that one, but you can't have any slip-ups in any of those games. And if you can at least go one of two in the WCC games, the trip to LMU deceptively a little bit tricky and a home game against St. Mary's is always going to be tough though. They don't look quite as quite as tough as everybody forecasted coming in. They got projected to win the league over Gonzaga this year. Not so sure that's going to be the case in the end. You definitely can't take them lightly though. Either way, it's a big week. It's a big month for CSU men's basketball. You've had a great start. Now you have a chance to really solidify your, Solidify your resume going into what's going to be a really tough Mountain West slate. The league looks awesome, especially at the top. The bottom, not so deep, but that's okay because you have an opportunity to add some wins along the way. I'm going to kind of set the scene for that CSU-CU matchup with my good buddy Henry Chisholm, formerly of the DNVR Buffs podcast. He's now on the Broncos beat, but he's a CU season ticket holder, or he at least goes to the vast majority of the games his girlfriend works for the athletic department, so he's locked in. I just thought it would be fun to get his perspective on it. He definitely pulls for the buffs, but he's not a buff. He went to the University of Montana, so the emotional level isn't quite the same. We're able to have a little bit more civil discourse, if you will. I think you guys are going to enjoy it, though. After that interview, I'll give an update on the transfer portal for CSU football. I will also talk about some postseason accolades. Mo Camara, Dallin Holker, Torrey, Jack Howell, 
a lot of recognition for the Rams, a lot of individuals that earned their way onto the all-conference teams, onto uh, some finalists. I mean, Dallin Hoker's a finalist for the Mackey. I don't, I don't need to tease that one. It's, it's awesome, so we're going to talk about all that as well. Real quick, I do need to talk to you guys about the Circa Resort and Casino, Vegas's first ever adult-only casino resort. It's the world's largest sportsbook. It's a three-story stadium-style operation. It takes 10 people just to operate the 78 million pixel screen. Food options from Victory Burger and Wings and Project Barbecue are always on point. I really love that Victory Burger and Wings spot. Went there multiple times last summer. Can't wait to be out there for the Mountain West Tournament. Uh, Tons of VIP seating. They've got the Dugout Club, Legends Club, Champions Club, Circa Upper Club, which we went to, I believe, in the summer. Really cool. Felt like a big shot. They've got a 7,000-square-foot casino with two levels, over 1,300 slots, 48 table games with dancing dealers. And I haven't even told you guys about Stadium Swim yet, which is a really awesome 15,000-square-foot of wet space. They've got swim bars, cabanas, a pool area where you can watch a massive screen and keep up with all your sports action. It's really cool if you're heading out to Vegas for the Broncos Raiders, for Az Nights, if you're a Pac-12 or Mountain West alum, probably a Mountain West alum if you're listening to this pod. Book your stay. Use the code DNVR20 for 20% off. The Circus Sportsbook app is also available in Colorado. You can download it at circusports.com. Circus Sports bets can be made only while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circus Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. When you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bax and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps a lot of kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, we've got Henry Chisholm. He's on the DNVR Broncos beat these days, but once upon a time, he was in the collegiate game, just like myself, covering CU buffs for us on the DNVR side. Hank, how's it going, man? Got the abs hat on. The vibes are good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yesterday was a great day. Actually, so my girlfriend's a Vikings fan, so that part of it wasn't so great. But, I mean, the Nuggets getting that ridiculous win with no Jokic, no AG, no Jamal, going like second night of a back-to-back to play four Hall of Famers and the Clippers, that one was pretty sweet. Avs have a win over the Lightning who are good. That was a really good night. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Well, apologies to your girlfriend. It's it's tough in Vikes country right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's a fun time to be a CSU Ram fan, obviously. CSU men's basketball, 6-0, and coming off of their first top 10 win since 1984, now in the top 20 themselves. And we've got a big one coming up Wednesday night between CSU and CU. You had the great idea of get coming on the pod and just kind of going back and forth on the game. Uh, I, I think it's going to be good to get your perspective on the buffs. So I guess let's just start with, you know, th- there was a lot of excitement. I think after those first couple of wins, they jump into the top 20, stumble a little bit, albeit against a good Florida State team at a neutral site. 
this past week. What is your assessment of this bus team so far and just how things have fared? I, they're really good. You know, I've I've been really excited for this season, all off season, um, which I, I've never been a huge college basketball guy, but you know how college basketball works, where it's almost like these three, four-year cycles where you kind of build and build, and then you kind of hit this moment where things kind of all come together. And so that's that's what this year is for this team. Um, you know, you, you bring back Tristan De Silva, KJ Simpson, two preseason all, all first team all Pac-12 players. You have Cody Williams, who's a five-star recruit. And so it's just really exciting time. And it was a pretty easy schedule right off the jump. A lot of home games, not really playing any decent opponents. And they kind of did what you expected them to do um, and and beat those teams well, cover those spreads. um, And then go down to Daytona. What is that? Sunshine Slam is what I think they call it. Um, And they lose in the championship to Florida State. But yeah, like you said, Florida State's a good team. And the offense just never really found a rhythm, which is... That's just like a college basketball thing that happens sometimes when you play like these neutral site games. What do you think caused that more than anything? I mean, if you look at the turnover numbers, obviously they jump out from those two games between Richmond and and Florida State. The assist numbers were way down. Three-point shooting was way down. But was that more, you know, a testament to what Florida State's doing defensively? Or is that, you know, the, the offense not being rhythm, maybe guys bouncing the ball a little bit too much? Yeah, I I think that those are both uh, kind of big things there. Um, you know, Tristan De Silva was kind of cold. KJ Simpson went really cold. Um, what, five for twenty two in that one. Like that's we've got a guy going five for twenty two. It's just not going to go well. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. Is just the stars were cold, um, and that, that's to me who they are. Is KJ Simpson, Tristan De Silva? Like those are kind of your guys. Um, and, and and you just didn't get enough from anybody else to overcome it. So you throw in your top guys going cold with the, the big turnover numbers and they, they were able to push it to overtime. Um, and then just, it, I don't know, overtime, you miss your first couple shots and all of a sudden you're down four down six or whatever. And that's just a tough hole to climb out of. Um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't just like a disastrous performance by any means. Uh, it just, just couldn't quite get it done when those guys weren't hitting their shots. What do you consider this team's greatest offensive strength? I mean, obviously, they've got a lot of star power, guys that are able to score in in a high volume with KJ Simpson averaging 18.3. De Silva's averaging 15.2. De Silva had a monster year a year ago. I think Simpson has taken it to a level that even, you know, buff supporters probably didn't expect. He's been phenomenal this year. But, like, what is this team trying to do and what do they do best? That's a good question. I think... I think you do look at KJ first. Um, he's kind of the driver of that offense. You know, look at him as kind of, I don't speaking of that Clippers game last night, kind of in that like Russell Westbrook mold. Like, like when he was at his best, obviously not saying that KJ is Russell Westbrook, but, but maybe like that kind of college basketball equivalent where he's, he's going to get the ball. He can get to the rim and that can kind of kickstart things. Um, the other, the other thing with him is that he started taking these, these deep threes and they're going in like he's shooting 36% from three, but he's taking some there just a few steps behind the arc. And you're just like, wait, what What are you thinking here? But those are falling. And on top of that, you know, you've got Tristan De Silva, just the, the veteran presence. I think 
I think it was the athletic had him as the number two wing in the country coming into the season. Um, somebody had him as like the number one small forward and, and he's just so well-rounded. Um, he, he can pass from the high post. He can take jump shots. He can find a way to get to the rim. Um, so I do think that this team might be a little bit ISO ball heavy. Um, just, just for my taste. Uh, but they're doing a pretty good job finding ways to turn those, you know, kind of ISO drives into kickouts and, and hitting open guys under the hoop that they're passing well enough off of them that it doesn't feel like you're just relying on one-on-ones to win the game. That was definitely something that jumped out to me against Florida state. Just a lot of, a lot of ISO sets. And obviously you are dependent on those guys knocking down the shots when you kick it out in those instances. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see because it's kind of a clash of styles. Like CSU, they want to play fast tempo. They're going to move the ball a lot. It's, you know, a lot of ball reversals. They they want to set a bunch of high screens, pick and roll. Like it's just constant movement, constant flow. Whereas like CU, I think, you know, you're more trying to set it up in the half court. Obviously they're great on the glass. They create a ton of second yep. chance opportunities. The Rams, it's more about, you know, like getting out in transition it's going to be weird to see like who kind of asserts their will in this one. Yeah, definitely. And bringing up those, those offensive rebounds, that's a, that's, that's another important part here because I, I think that when you play so much ISO ball, what you lose is just like the easy scores. Like when you're passing the ball, well, sometimes somebody gets lost and you just wind up, Oh, look, there's a cut easy layup. There it is. The Bronx or not the Broncos. So you used to talk about the Broncos, the, the buffs, they get a lot of those like kind of easy, almost cheap baskets off of those offensive rebounds. So you just get the ball in there easily. You know, even that Florida state game, like Eddie Lampigan comes down with six offensive rebounds. That's just such a, just such a huge number from one player. Um, so I do think that's the other piece. I'm, I'm excited to see a CSU team too. Um, because I've I've been on kind of the other side of this, covering this from a Colorado perspective. Like it's crazy that Isaiah Stevens is still there. Because didn't he miss the? I think it was two years ago he missed this game, or was it last year that he was out? I can't remember. I think he was still out for last year's game. Oh, okay, um, yeah, that's last was. year was obviously a big Buffs win in Boulder. The game really mm-hmm. turned when Dion came out, and the the energy in that yeah, building right. flipped. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how they handle kind of the the size of, of this team. I will say that CSU coming off of very encouraging showings against Boston College and Creighton, just two teams that have the uh, the height advantage. You know, CSU, they're not the biggest team in the world, but the biggest difference between this year and last year is one through five, they just have a, a lot more length than athleticism. It's like they don't have a true seven-footer out there, you know, banging around, but they've got, you know, at most times, four, six, seven, six, eight guys on the floor all at once, all flying around. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is Cody Williams. You know, when you're playing him a, a lot of the time at the three, we're being, what do they list him at? Six, seven, maybe. Um, six, eight is what they list him at. You know, that's that's good size. But sometimes when he's kind of playing that two spot, he's really big. But but it's kind of interesting because the, the buffs don't go this way often, mostly because they don't get the opportunity to bring in a five star recruit. Um, but that's just that hasn't happened since Chauncey Billups. And with Cody Williams, he's that lanky type of like NBA mold, sort of like, you just want the guys who's long, like he's big for his position. He can jump, he can shoot. And they've kind of unleashed him recently, you know, late in that FSU game, he's bringing up the ball, bringing the ball up the court, every possession, which I did not expect to see from 
a freshman, especially a six foot eight freshman. You know, it's not KJ Simpson, it's Cody Williams, three, four possessions in the row, bringing the ball up the court down the stretch. Um, but the decision they made, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly what happened with Neek Clifford, but it's Cody Williams in Neek's spot. You know, it, it's that's kind of the one for one, you know, Neek for Cody. And you do get longer and more athletic and and probably more just, you know, NBA type of talent. But Neek is a really, really, really good basketball player, you know, and he can he can do a lot of things. Um, and it's it's just a it's just a twist because for the buffs, they've always had those players like Neek. You know, it's it's kind of that's what you build the program around. You know, you, he becomes your good defender. He becomes like a bit of a slasher, like well-rounded offensively, can knock down some threes. And instead, they go after the freshman, um, who again, like I'm sure they've gone after the freshman before in the past and just haven't been able to land the five-star, six-foot-eight guy. But um, that's that's kind of the the storyline to me that's most exciting because it's it's obviously Neek back against the Buffs and Neek and that Cody Williams that choice that the Buffs made. I'm curious to see how it plays out in this game. Yeah, it's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I I think. CSU does some things offensively that maximize Neek in a way that just didn't happen in Boulder. I mean, the, yeah. there were instances where he just didn't hit some shots for CU. I also think that the Rams get him more open looks in rhythm off the pass. Playing with the point guard like Isaiah Stevens is obviously really beneficial in that regard. Same deal with getting easy buckets on the some of those backdoor cuts and stuff like that. Um, but Cody Williams, man, he was impressive against Florida State. They showed a lot of trust in him, obviously. I was impressed with the way he was able to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim, especially for a guy with that size. I mean, you wonder, you know, what's his handle exactly. going to be like in that instance? And he did good. I do think that Neat Clifford and, you know, Josiah Strong on CSU, both guys with good size, good length, are going to be a, a real test for this CU team, especially just with the way the Rams can defend on ball. Um I mean, they really stifled Creighton, held them less to 50 points. They seemed really out of sorts throughout that entire matchup. I'm not saying you're going to get that type of game night in and night out. Obviously, the Rams had a ton to play for. You're playing a top 10 team. Like, the juices are flowing, but it's not like they're going to go into this one like, oh, it's just another game. Like, this is one where they want to prove it, especially after the way last year went. And I'm excited. It's it's fun. Both of these programs, I know that for as much as we focus on on football in this state. I mean, basketball has been the the premier program for both these schools for the last half decade. Yeah, absolutely. And I I mean, I'm excited. Me and me and RK are going up there tomorrow for the game. And I'm excited about that. Cause this is like this this is a big game. Like how often I know the buffs fell out of the rankings. Um, I'm not sure where they were with the receiving votes. I'd imagine they're not too far out. Um, but it just feels like it's rare that you have these two programs both at this at this high level you know both have kind of peaked at higher points maybe but but to have both of them you know from Colorado's perspective like this this year's kind of sweet 16 or bust this is you know your your KJ Simpson Tristan De Silva Cody Williams kind of convergence where you think you have the talent to go do something like that and for CSU obviously what this has to be Isaiah Stevens last year right yeah it's his fifth and final year yeah, so so you have that kind of coming to a head too, and obviously coming off that win against Creighton is 
that's a, that's an insane win for any any program to pull, but especially you know CSU going into this matchup. This is, I, I think both teams are pretty fired up about this one. And then you throw in the Neek storyline too. Like this is when's when's the last time we've had a college basketball game of this caliber in this state? I I, I haven't followed enough recently to know, but I'd imagine it's been a while. 2014, I think, was decent. Um, it's been a while. I mean, there's never been a Rocky Mountain showdown uh, basketball-wise where both teams were ranked. So, like, that kind of shows you just in, in terms of how this has been over the years. Like, there have been times where the Buffs have been good. There have been times when the Rams have been good. There have not been a ton of overlap. Although the game usually tends to be pretty competitive. I, I mean, last year, obviously, was not at all. But it, it tends to be most years. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, before you get out of here, I do want to pick your brain just a little bit more in terms of, like we've talked about the strengths of this CU squad. Obviously, you've got to worry about KJ Simpson putting up a bunch of points to Silva's a guy who can take over in the mid-range game. He can create for himself. Lampkin's a force down low. What are your concerns if you're CU in this game? You know, you are 5-1. and one. It's been a good start. But what it, what are the kind of areas you look at that could potentially hold this team back? I mean, it, it's first of all, KJ Simpson. You you, you need an on night from him. Um, you know, through most of those advanced metrics, I'm trying to think. I think Ken Palm has one. There's whatever they are for college basketball. Um, a lot of them had him at number one player in the country through the first few weeks of the season. Now you go five for twenty two in a game against Florida State. I haven't seen him since. Um, I would imagine not quite so high. But how does he respond to that? I guess they've played that Iona game since and, um, you know, they played well. Uh, but but does he show up? You know, does Tristan show up? Does Cody? To me, to me, this is all about kind of that big three for Colorado because you're going to need them to kind of overpower, outscore this Colorado State team because I do think that this game is going to be pretty high scoring. Um, and and then the, the turnovers. Uh, you, you've got to cut down those. And maybe that goes back to KJ too, because he really is the engine here. Um, but also, I mean, Cody Williams probably in Colorado for one season would be your guess. Like he should be a lottery pick this, this year, if not pretty close to it. Um, uh, he is, he doesn't have as many opportunities to, to kind of leave his mark on Colorado, you know, just because if he's, if he's not gone for this year, he's probably gone after next year. And I, Coming into this season, I was a little bit more reserved about my, my expectations for him because it's been, I think it's been four years, five years since there's been a freshman make um, an all Pac-12 team, which is kind of like, you don't really think of it. You think of like the five-star recruits, they come in, they do their thing, but it might've been Aiton was the last one. Um, but Cody Williams is playing really well. Like I didn't expect him to be so... Um, so polished, I guess. And he's obviously like 18. He's not perfectly polished, but he makes some really good passes. Like he can get to the rim better than you expect. Um, I thought he'd be more just like the tools show up. Um, so that's that's my other concern, though, is is where is he in this game? Um, is 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 he like the plus player that you're saying, like, yes, Colorado has a big three, or is he kind of just, you know, eight points, shoots 40% from the field, has a couple. Uh, freshman mistakes. Um, that's that's the other concern. I guess big picture, just does does this top three step up and meet the occasion? Because you know how much Colorado State 
and Isaiah Stevens and all those guys want this game. You've you've got to you've got to get some juice from that top lineup if you're going to win. All right, shout out to Hank for hopping on and chopping it up with me. Like I said, we are going to wrap up here with some updates on the transfer situation for CSU football. I'll get into the postseason accolades as well. I do want to acknowledge our longtime partners over at Breckenridge Brewery. I am genuinely a massive Breck Brew fan. 90% of my wardrobe is either a CSU merch, DNVR merch, or Breck Brew merch. And obviously my, my girlfriend works there, so that's a big part of it. But they just they have a little something for everything. The Avalanche Amber Ale, the Bee's Knees. You can't go wrong with uh, the Fun Slinger, especially in the winter season. Their collab with Never Summer Snowboards. I'm a big sour guy, even in the winter, Mountain Beach. Perfect. A little taste of summer when it's cold out. You can't go wrong. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Also, hit up the Breck Farmhouse out in Littleton. Great spot to watch a game. They've got a great selection of food options. Really good. I love their burgers. The wings are always really good. A lot of meat on those bones, which is hard to find with some wing spots. It can be a struggle out there. Shout out to Breck Brew. I love Breck Brew. You love Breck Brew. We all love Breck Brew. High Plains Strains provides top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out for your needs, including infused edibles, high potency concentrates, and some of the best flour in the state. There are three High Plains Strains in Colorado, one in Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, and one in Sedgwick. If you're in northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for you. You can save time by ordering ahead at highplainsstrains.com. You can pick up at any of their locations, and with winter coming, they have drive throughs How convenient. Don't even have to get out of your car. Use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. You can get a full ounce for 80 bucks, eighths for 25 bucks, the mammoth one gram cartridges for 15, and exquisite extracts are four for 40. Remember to use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plains strains deals. All right, y'all, before we get out of here, I did want to give you guys an update on the transfer portal situation. The Rams got hit with their first couple of transfers earlier today. Uh, The big loss is freshman corner TJ Crandall. He has decided to take his talents elsewhere, uh, maybe to South Beach. I don't know if we're going to paraphrase LeBron, Uh, but he did play in 10 games for the Rams this season, made a couple of starts, flashed serious potential while on the field, had great natural cover skills, Really fluid athlete, finished the year with 19 total tackles, 13 of which were solo. You love that from a freshman DB. Three PBUs and one interception. Did get burnt for a big touchdown in that Utah State game, I believe. Uh, it might have been UNLV as well. He he looked really, really good. I'm not shocked that he's entered the portal. I can't speak for him. I don't know what his situation is, but I've got to imagine that there are a variety of P5 suitors that are you know, hopping in the DMs if they hadn't already before he made this decision. PFF gave him a lot of love throughout the season. It's a big loss. It's definitely a big loss. Corner was already a position of need, I would say, for CSU to target via the portal, whether it's Juco, if you could luck out on some more additions like uh, Chiggy or Ron Harge, that would be huge. But this is definitely a tough loss. Going back to the start of the season, all the players, all the coaches, they were raving about two guys, Jalen Gardner, TJ Crandall. Now you lose Crandall. Hopefully it's not a, a brutal offseason for CSU portal-wise in this NIL era. It's tough, especially when you have 
admin that from what I've heard doesn't necessarily support NIL the way that they should in 2023, especially when you're trying to retain coaches for your biggest programs. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens here this winter. The other loss was Cameron Cooper, offensive lineman. He transferred over from UTEP prior to the start of the 2022 season. Son of former Denver Broncos starter Mark Cooper. Saw very little action over the last two years. He did start the season on the two deep as the backup left guard. Was later surpassed in that rotation by redshirt freshman Aaron Karras. He'll leave CSU with one year of eligibility remaining. Certainly wish him well on his journey. Uh, tough to lose a, a vet. I mean, anytime you can hang on to these guys, that's that's nice just for the depth and the trenches, but uh, not a guy that probably would have factored much into the rotation moving forward, just keeping it real. I've had a couple of people reach out to me and ask me what I expect as far as the transfer situation goes. Is it going to be a good portal year or a bad portal year? Honestly, it's too early to tell. I couldn't be sensationalistic and and act like I have all this info on these players, but they've got to go through their coaches' meetings and stuff and their end-of-year evaluations. If it was going to be some type of mass exodus, I think that process would have already begun. I think you'd already see, you know, six, seven transfers like you can see out there with a lot of other programs. But again, I don't know. I don't want to say it's going to be fine. This is going to be the only loss. And then you get hit with a couple more this week and people are like, what the hell, J. Mike? We'll just have to see. We'll have to see what happens. But again, I haven't heard anything to indicate it's going to be a brutal year. In this modern landscape, you're always going to lose a couple of up-and-coming guys that attract P5 suitors. I mean, P5 teams have been tampering, have been trying to get guys like Mo Camara, like Torrey Horton, like Howell, like a lot of these guys for years. So it's just part of the game now, unfortunately. Hopefully it ends up being a fruitful year. The Rams did great in the portal last year. When you look at the offensive linemen they were able to add that ended up starting, Dallin Holker, clearly a massive addition. Dylan Goffney was a nice addition to that receiver room as well. But the portal, clearly a big factor in modern college football. It'll be something to keep an eye on throughout this winter. I have a transfer tracker going on at the website, which I'll update periodically as we find out who's coming in, who's leaving, all that fun stuff dnvr.com getting to some of the more positive notes Dallin Holker is a finalist for the John Mackey award has an opportunity to become the third CSU Ram overall to win a big national award Trey McBride just won the Mackey two years ago so that'd be pretty neat to see two Rams win it in a three-year window I I will say with Brock Bowers also being a finalist it's going to be tough it's just a popularity contest I get the guy's a freak but when you look at the, the production from Holker, who does lead all tight ends with 64 receptions for 767 yards. He has six touchdowns, which is top three as well. He had the game-winning catch against Boise State, a great moment. You never know. Maybe they'll reward his consistency. Bowers was injured a lot of the year, didn't, you know, basically played two-thirds of the season. But again, just trying to get everybody to, to brace for it. I, I imagine we'll see some P5 bias seep through there. In addition to being a finalist for the Mackey, Holker is first-team all-conference along with Torrey Horton as a wide receiver, Horton's second-team all-conference as a punt returner, Uh, Mo Kamara, obviously first-team all-conference, as well as the defensive player of the year, first individual to be recognized as a Mountain West player of the year since Garrett Grayson 
on the offensive side back in 2014, first Ram to win the top defensive player honors since Shaq Barrett in 2013. Feels like he can be very Shaq Barrett at the next level. Hopefully won't have to grind quite as much at the beginning, though. Mel Kuyper currently has him as a top 10 edge class in this 2024 draft. Jack Howell was also first-team All-Mountain West. He led All-Mountain West defensive backs with 114 tackles. Average 9.5 per game. He, of course, the first CSU DB to record back-to-back 100 tackle seasons since stats became official back in 2000. Uh, Along with those guys, Jacob Gardner at center and Chase Wilson at linebacker were second-team all-conference. Chiggy and Newsium, Henry Blackburn, BFN, Drew Moss, and Justice Ross Simmons were all honorable mention. Congrats to all those guys. A lot of people stepped up individually this season. Rams certainly did not reach their team goals, unfortunately, but a lot of these guys truly are ballers, and you don't want to lose sight of that in what obviously ended up being a frustrating end to the year. Had an opportunity to just get so much goodwill, get so much hope back, and just typical CSU fashion on the on the football side, unfortunately, came up short. I'll give more postseason takeaways here in the coming days, but honestly, we're focusing outside of recruiting uh, quite a bit on, on hoops because clearly this program is peaking, or not peaking, but they're ascending. That's what I wanted to say. Hopefully, they haven't peaked already. They're ascending in a major way. Cannot wait to see how it all plays out. Appreciate Henry for hopping on the program. We'll talk more hoops in the coming days, uh, DNVR Rams Live will be back on Thursday morning. We'll also have another live show this weekend. Uh, TBD on that time. I will announce it via socials. Keep up with everything on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rams at Justin T. Michael. Always proud to be y'all. Much love. Peace. Thank you.